for Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Happy Friday. Glad to be back after missing one day. I couldn't be on yesterday because I, I was literally on a Harbor Air flight from Vancouver. There you go. Our sponsor <laughs> will be very happy to hear that. Yes. Yes, good. Well, welcome back. So let's talk about uh, the uh, Premier John Horgan reaching the end of his tenure here. Um, we'll have a new leader of the NDP at some point, a new Premier. So we're getting close. Maybe. We'll get to that <laughs> we'll, in a We'll minute. get into that in a second. This is getting really interesting. But brand new opinion poll out on uh, Horgan uh, shows his approval ratings are up um, since he took a dip. That He took a dip during the Royal BC Museum yeah, debacle. the museum debacle yeah. uh, caused him to tumble a bit, but he's back up. Third most uh, highest approval rating in the country, Scott Moe of uh, Saskatchewan. The mayor times don't really count when it comes to this type of thing, but um, it's interesting. You know, uh, We've talked about this before. Horgan's legacy is going to be his in- endearing popularity. He runs ahead of his party. Yeah. The NDP is nowhere near as high in opinion polls as their leader is. Oh. Uh, one of the Angus Reid polls a while ago um, asked people what the top issues were, housing top issue. Well, how do you rank the government? Terrible on housing. How do you rank the premier? Great. <laughs> you know, So if a premier can pull off something like that, where the top issue uh, for people, where your government gets a failing grade, but you get a... a uh, an A in popularity is uh, quite a feat. Horgan has, a, I think, exceeded a lot of expectations. There was at one oh, point sure. when he got the job, no one else really wanted it. He almost became premier by default. Yeah, no, there was um, no leadership race. Yeah. It was just he became he became leader. Uh, he he ran for leader against Adrian Dix and lost. Right, but then Dix lost the 2013 election. Uh, Horgan became leader in opposition. He seemed to be frustrated. Uh, I've known John. You and I've known John Horgan since the 1990s as a yeah. staff member. Right. Uh, he was frustrated. He was uh, he was fairly negative, as is the lot of being in opposition. You're always faulting the government for something. You don't have much positive to say. Um, he, be, he seemed to be frustrated and angry. Then he comes into the 2017 election campaign, and I knew we were dealing with a different John Horgan in 2017. I was at an event early in the campaign. We're at some river along the Fraser River, I believe, at some, some event. He's announcing something, and he started to be heckled. By someone in the crowd, I thought, "Oh God, here we go!" You know, he's going to lose it on this. <laughs> he's going to blow. Mount Horgan's going to erupt here, and that didn't happen. Quite right, the opposite, right. where he actually became friends with the heckler mm. and softened his uh, his approach. And he took that approach right into government in 2017, and has held it ever since. And that's why he comes off so well with the public. I and I see him around the legislature all the time, and just intermingling with complete strangers. Uh, again, just a sort of a common, grounded guy. Unlike any other premier, I mean, part of the reason, he's actually told me this, that one of the reasons he feels so comfortable around here, he lives here. He yeah. goes home and sleeps in his own bed every night. Yeah, uh, No other premier has been able to say that for decades. He's also a guy, I think, who's developed some really good political instincts that yeah. I think have served him well in terms of where he's positioning himself on issues. Like, you know, we were talking off air here about some of the environmental road blockades, old growth logging, Site C Dam, LNG development, He's got a big, active environmental wing of his party, but he's steered them to Away the middle on it. You know, he's on the side of the. He's going where the public sat, not where right, the activists right. sat. I remember talking to him, interviewing him in his office just after they approved the the, the continuation of the Site C Dam, which they opposed in opposition. Right. Which a number of their MLAs paddled for the peace, uh, and then the pivotal moment early on in their in their tenure in their mandate was to approve this. And he said, well, "You know what? We're we're not going to govern." With our activist roots, we're going to be a government for 
the majority of people, not for activists. He was also smart enough to cancel that museum project. Yep. That was going to bring him down. Oh, that terrible idea. He knew he had to drop it. Yeah, he, uh, and he even jokes about it today. Yeah. What, what a bad move that was. Yeah. And, 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 and they've uh, dropped it, which is you know a sign of uh, smart governing is yeah. admit your mistakes and move on. I think there's also a lot of public sympathy, and, and, uh, imp- you know, and they're impressed with him the way he's very, very bravely gone through this can- these cancer treatments. And I, I, yeah. you know, I think people look at that and say, I like it. It's big, dignified. It's courageous. Yep. Um, so yeah. he, he's hit all the right buttons on this, which is, again, I've never seen a premier. He's been premier for five years now uh, to still be over 50 percent of popularity. That's unheard of. So this is why the liberals are happy he's going. Yeah. I right? mean, they'd, they, rather, they'd rather go against E.B. Oh, for sure. Sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, I'm not slagging David E.B. here, but he's not John Horgan. I mean, yeah. he, David E.B. is a bit of a policy geek. He's not outgoing. He's a bit shy. He's not, he's not, doesn't have that image that uh, Horgan does. And yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be interesting with how the NDP fares with that. Okay, we'll get into the NDP leadership here in a minute. Oh, Let's we will. talk a little federal politics. It was interesting day yesterday in the House of Commons. Pierre Polyev, the new conservative leader, it was his first one-on-one with Trudeau here going at it in question period. So let's have a listen to some of the exchanges here in the House of Commons. Polia versus Trudeau. Have a listen. Uh, if Canadians had followed the advice of the leader of the opposition and invested in volatile cryptocurrencies in attempt to, quote, opt out of inflation, they would have lost half of their savings. Mr. Speaker, responsible leadership means stepping up for Canadians and being there to support them. Will the Conservative leader support our measures to support Canadians? Okay, and uh, the Polyev, the part of it I was, I was hoping we'd have there, we didn't have, but... Polyev going after Trudeau there on, on taxes, yep. very laser-focused on taxes, cost of living. So Polyev raised issues, bread and butter issues of taxes. Trudeau responded with you know, his talk about Bitcoin. Well, he hasn't talked about Bitcoin for a few months now. That, that issue is going to go away. Yeah. I don't think the Liberals can dine out on that much longer. They've got to be in the here and now. Most interesting story out today is on the front page of the Globe Mail, an interview with Brian Mulroney the former prime minister, who had dinner with Poliev and his wife. Mulroney and his wife, Mila, met with um, Poliev and his wife at Stornoway, the official opposition party residence. And, and then Mulroney gave an interview to the Globe and Mail. This seems to be all very calculated uh, and saying the advice he gave to Pierre Poliev, move to the center, you'll win the next election. If Poliev ex- accepts that advice, and the fact he had Mulroney over for dinner suggests that he probably may, uh, makes him even a bigger threat to Justin Trudeau. Yeah, and there's also reports that Poliev is trying to heal over some of the divisions from this very rough-and-tumble leadership contest, reaching out to people like Jean Charest, Jean Charest for yeah. example. So, you know, this is another one, another example of, of a guy like Poliev who ran for this party leadership, appealing to some of the kind of the, the right of the party to, to win the job. But then does he move to the center? Focus on the bread and butter economic issues. That's the path to power mm-hmm. here. Like Mul- That was a really interesting interview with Mulroney gave to the Globe and Mail where he said, he told Poliev, you have to fish where the fish are. Fish where the fish so are. So you've got to go where the voters are. You've yep. got to move. Yep. And but, be- you know, past conservative leaders tried that. I mean, Aaron O'Toole Aaron tried, O'Toole it, tried but, it, but he didn't. It didn't he didn't seem to have a grand plan. Uh, it seemed to be made up on the fly through an election campaign yeah. where he was responding to the liberals. Uh, and taking the bait on certain issues, whether it was the gun registry, uh, whether there was a number of other issues. If Poliev puts together a, a strategic plan and puts in front of the voters that it emphasizes bread and butter economic issues, right. not talk about yeah. guns, you know, don't talk about abortion, don't talk about social conservative issues, talk about the meat 
uh, and potatoes issues of, of the economy, of inflation, of the cost of living, housing, this type of thing. That's that's going to cut through the, the liberal attacks, which are surely going to come on the other issues. I mean, Trudeau loves to create wedge issues and yeah. push the conservatives to react to them. And he was successful doing that with Andrew Scheer and, and O'Toole. Uh, I think Poli has a different different uh, breed here. Okay, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Okay, back to BC here. Now, the NDP leadership contest underway. This has gotten very interesting. It looked like it was going to be a walk in the park here for David Eby, slam dunk. Then along comes Anjalia Potterai, this environmental activist, to challenge him. Mm-hmm. At first, we thought, well, she's got no hope. Well, now there's a lot of speculation. She signed up a ton of people in the environmental movement. Yep. And is she potentially a threat here to upset the apple cart and ups and, and defeat so EB? I, I talked to a number of, over the last few days, talked to a number of cabinet ministers and MLAs who basically seem to indicate to me what the party's going to zero in on is the people she signed up as members. There's a whole bunch in South Vancouver Island, Ferry Creek protesters, those 1,200 people arrested. Uh, their names are all part of the public record. There's the people who are blocking the logging roads yeah. there. Uh, they all signed up for her, or a lot of them a did? A whole bunch of them yeah. did. A whole bunch of the Green uh, Party members in South Vancouver Island have joined. You've had a guest on from one of the blockaders of some of the roads. Well, uh, yeah. Earlier this week, I spoke to the guy who's he's the head of Save Old Growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the group that's blocking roads and bridges and highways. And I played that clip for him of Horgan saying, if you want to... If you want to affect changes on this, why don't you try running? Put your name on a ballot and see how far you get. So I played that clip for him. And he said, well, we do have her name on the ballot. Her name is Anjalia Potterai. And I said, well, oh, wait a sec. Have you, have you joined the NDP to vote for her? He said, yes, I have. Yeah, so I think, This is a radical environmental group. I think a lot of those memberships, again, based on my conversations with caucus members, are gonna, the party's going to rule they're disqualified. They'll, they'll disqualify they her bring, now. They bring the party into disrepute, disrepute with their basically... So unlawful what, so, action. So what are they doing? They're they're examining all the people she signed up and cross-referencing it with all the names of the cops, the people cops arrested? Among other things, yeah, and Green yeah. Party members as well. So um, my understanding is there's a lot of lawyers very active right now in the NDP look scrutinizing these memberships. So she's got a couple hurdles to, to cross here. She She's not an official candidate. Only David Eby is an official candidate. And she, as she said on your show, yes. uh, she is not an official candidate. Uh, she has to get through the vetting process. That's one hurdle. They're going to disqualify her. Uh, well, they may disqualify her, or they just may disqualify all the people she signed up. Oh, they uh, may throw out all her members. That throw she out all the up. members, yeah. and uh, that does an end run around disqualifying. Here's there have been very interesting. Yeah, there's been complaints about her campaign process, whether she has broken Buying election votes. laws in yeah. British Columbia. Here is John Horgan on that. Speaking of Horgan, he was asked about the NDP leadership, the controversy around this candidate challenging EB. Here's what Horgan said about it. I'm concerned, seriously concerned about uh, the integrity of the process, but I know I've been a member of the NDP since 1983. I know we think very hard about these issues and we put in place processes to protect the integrity of the of the system. They're going to disqualify The her. integrity of the system doesn't yeah. allow for lawbreakers to take over the party. Yeah. Uh, and one cabinet minister said yesterday, he said, we're not going to allow an envir- environmental groups funded by American uh, interest to take over this government or this party. The other thing people have to realize, even if she wins the leadership, and I don't think that's going to happen, even if she does, she doesn't become premier. 
People forget the caucus determines who the premier is. If the caucus doesn't support the leader, the leader can't be the premier. The first, the lieutenant governor will not will only meet with the first minister, which right now so is John Horgan. So even if she becomes the leader of the party, John the Horgan, caucus, the NDP caucus will turn against her. John Horgan will still be yeah, the premier. Right. Yeah. And he only, he was the one to meet with the lieutenant governor. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Terry in New West. Hey, Terry, go ahead. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, Pierre Pauliot uh, so far reminds me of Preston Manning. Preston Manning, when he was um, in politics, said if he was elected opposition leader, he would not move into Stornoway, and then he broke his promise and moved into Stornoway. Mm-hmm. Deborah Gray, a reform uh, MP, said she wouldn't take the increase in pension, and she did. So I'm sick and tired of these right-wing politicians talking out of both sides of their mouths and saying, I'm going to save the taxpayers money, and what do they do? They don't stay in free enterprise um, business. They become politicians and take money mm-hmm. off the taxpayer as well. So they're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Okay, thanks. Yeah, well, Poliev Poly- Poly- did not say I'm not going to move into Stornoway. I no, never heard him say that. No, but I, I, I get the caller's point about uh, he talked about criticizing the elites sure. and the taxpayer subsidies of yeah. things. And then he takes the ultimate taxpayer subsidy of your house. Yeah. So it does. He never explicitly said, "I'm not moving into Stornoway," but no. he gave the impression, "I'm not going to be like everyone else. I'm not going to be part of the elites. I'm not going to be one of the so-called gatekeepers." Yeah. Uh, that was, but that was all his leadership shtick. And uh, the caller's right, though. I mean, politicians say one thing and do another thing, and they get criticized for it, right, rightfully so. And the Stornoway thing will be thrown back at Poliev. You can be sure. But he was smart enough not to go there. He was smart enough not to say, never, "I will refuse to move in." You're there. not going to find a clip of Poliev saying, "I'm not going to move into Stornoway." Right. Exactly. He, he, pro- he, he saw it coming. Probably that's why. Well, I, but I think again, his whole thing about not being part of the establishment—that's going to fade over time. If, sure. if you're the opposition leader, you are part of the. He's establishment. the establishment. Yeah. Doug in Nanaimo. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Good. Go ahead. Jeez, uh, I got a little problem with uh, how you treat all of our supporters as what you're calling now right-wing extremists, whereas before they were racist, white supremacists. I know you get your talking points from PMO directly. Um, oh, really? Where, Wasn't aware of that. What, what evidence do you have that we all are? I've never ever said that. I said he associates himself or refuses to disassociate himself with right-wing extremists. He's met with these two extremists, uh, James McKenzie and the other fellow, and just refuses to disassociate himself. Well, what he said was, okay, there is a picture of him shaking hands with some extremist guy, and he goes, look. You know, I show up at these public events. I shake like you know, a thousand he, people's hands. And okay, someone takes ridiculous. a photo. I don't know who these people. He are. knew who this guy was. Huh? Yeah, there's no question. But again, for the purposes of winning the leadership, he was willing to look the other way on this stuff. But he's, well, on he's the shouldn't... trucker, the trucker convoy, he was he supported the truckers. Yeah. All right, and you know, because he knew he, that he, he was going to, to have sign both... up a ton of people exactly. to the Conservative Party and win the leadership. He tried to have it both ways on this, but now we're seeing, as we predicted. As he moves in to become the official opposition leader, yeah. the messaging is different. He's yeah. he's different in the House of Commons. I mean, the clip you played is he's talking about inflation and the economy. He's not talking about uh, the trucker combo. Squeeze in one more, Louise in Surrey. Louise, you got thirty seconds here. Hi, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to uh, t- tell you about my experiences with uh, Mr. Horgan. 
Um, he wasn't uh, like this lovely, um, nice guy to me. I have a child with autism, and so I spoke to him maybe two, three times about it. was blown off every time. Um, I'm looking towards Mr. Eby now and thinking he's got a wonderful opportunity in front of him to change this dismantling of individualized funding for autism and also help all people in the province um, who have children with disabilities, as well as Indigenous families who are about Thank to you. be herded into this system. Thank you, Louise. Ten seconds. Yeah, well, the, the, the change in the autism model has never really been ex- explained, I think, by the NDP government. I'm not sure what the motivation was, and we'll see if there's a potential that could change under an EB leadership. 911.